Hello and welcome to the Sacred City Church Podcast. This is your summertime host, Kevin Kinnor. Uh, as you might notice throughout today, Justin is not with us. He is out on sabbatical, enjoying a season of uh, hopefully rest, study, and refreshment so that he can come back uh, raring to go. In the meantime, uh, Pastor Rob, Pastor of Discipleship, and Alex Tate, Deacon of Sacred City Youth, are with me. And the, the- theology for everyone, um, man, it is just our hope and our prayer that we can help equip you, the listeners, to follow Jesus in the everyday, normal rhythms of life. And one of the ways that we've been doing that is by going through the Westminster Confession of Faith. And guys, we are close to the end. Yes, we, we have, are. Uh, yeah. We're on chapter 30 of Church Centers today, and by... Uh, Man, if God's willing, we'll be able to wrap up our recording in, in three podcasts here today, and you guys will have them all within a couple weeks. So, uh, you guys ready to jump in? Well, ready yep. to jump in. I got to say, Kevin, that was pretty impressive on that, that introduction. Impressive. Nicely done. Well, I thought listen. Justin wasn't here, you know, so the gift of God wasn't <laughs> yeah. with us. And then, you know, <laughs> you just well, you jump right to in. You for a year and a half, and you tend to pick up on it. You got it, it down, you know? huh? Yeah. All right, sweet. A lot sweet. of practice. Let's rock. <laughs> all right, so Article 1 of Chapter 30. The Lord Jesus, as King and Head of His Church, hath therein appointed a government in the hand of church officers distinct from the civil magistrate. Okay, yeah, this is chapter 30, and this was titled, Of Church Censors, and we don't use that word very very often, censors, but that is a same word for discipline, so we'd be talking about uh, church discipline here. And so, yeah, we see the first thing we see here is that the Lord Jesus, as King and Head of His Church... Uh, we've already in several podcasts earlier of learning about the church. We discover about the church that he is the head of the church. And as the head of the church, uh, he is the one who is we are to be uh, submitting to. And of course, uh, he's the king and thus he's he's got sovereign authority. And so it's his sovereign authority that kind of, uh, kind of directs our church discipline. So you see there it says, uh, goes on, says, has there, therein appointed a government in the hand of church officers. Mm-hmm. So when you think of church officers, what are, what are the church officers you think of? Elder and deacon. There you yeah. go. We got yeah. our two church offices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So church offices that God has given to us is the elder and deacon, and particularly in this case with regards to church uh, discipline, it uh, comes under, the, under really the, the leadership of the, of the elders. Mm-hmm. And uh, the last thing that we find here in this Article 1 is it's distinct from the civil magistrate. And this is really just a response to the, the, you know, in in one sense, what what do we call it in the United States? It's a separation of church and state. Mm. Uh, The intent here is is that uh, the state does not have control over uh, what is considered uh, within the realm of, uh, of God's word, but rather that the church itself is the one who has authority over that. And ultimately, it's going to be, um, uh, you know, God's word is ultimately going to be what is, what what's going to be used for our decisions for church discipline. So I think Article 2 will help us get a little bit more deeper yeah, into that. Yeah, for sure. So go for it. Mm-hmm. Yep. To these officers, the keys of the kingdom of heaven are committed, by virtue whereof they have power respectively to retain and remit sins, to shut that kingdom against the impenitent, both by the word and censures, and to open it unto penitent sinners, by the ministry of the gospel and by absolution from censures, as occasion shall require. Okay, probably be good to start with a scripture on this one, because I think it'll be one that might be familiar. So what do we have? Yeah, we got Matthew 16. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Okay, and who who was it that, that he is speaking there? That's Jesus speaking. Who's he speaking to there in that passage? 
Peter confesses Jesus as yeah, yeah, Peter. Christ. Yeah. yeah. So this is that kind of that, that uh, famous moment when Jesus is asking the disciples, you know, who do who do people say that I am? And they they list off a few names, and then he says, Who do you say that I am? Mm. Who do you think that I am? Yeah. And this is Peter. Peter makes his confession. You are the Christ, the Son of God. Uh, he's confessing that Jesus is the one in whom they've been anticipating, and that is the Messiah. And uh, so he is speaking directly to Peter and to the, the disciples there, who eventually we would call the uh, the apostles. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the apostles are the ones in which uh, is the foundation of the church in terms of their teaching. Mm-hmm. And so it, originally, this was given just directly to Peter and the apostles in terms of him giving the authority of what he calls there the the keys. So we, we have in, our, in this um, article, it says, to these officers, so we're going back to the previous article, which would be the uh, deacons and elders, to these officers, the keys of the kingdom of heaven are committed. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the keys that he's referring to are two. One is the word of God, and then secondly is um, church discipline. Mm-hmm. And so when we think of the keys, this is what he's referring to. He is, he's telling the elders that they are the ones in whom uh, have two things in terms of really uh, uh, exerting his authority here on earth through the church, and uh, the first is the word of God. Mm-hmm. So th- that's, that's, that's good, that's helpful, because now this isn't just the opinions of some men about what people can and cannot do mm-hmm. within the church, uh, but rather he's saying, oh, no, because we have this one, the head of the church, the head of the church has given his his word to his apostles. His apostles wrote it down for us for all time, and so now we have the word of God, and that is the thing that really uh, the word of God is that which is uh, controls uh, what the uh, elders will consider appropriate for Church discipline. Mm-hmm. Now, when we think of the word discipline, when, what, what what do you think of when you think of that that word? You can you know in whatever context. Mm. I think like I mean, you think of leadership, right? If a, a person's in leadership, you sure. know, church discipline. Yeah. Uh, maybe they get put down from leadership, or even if um, they're a member, uh, maybe they um, are not members anymore because they're not following along what it looks like to um, follow the blueprint of Christ sure. and to mm-hmm. walk in membership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're playing it out a little bit, so we can think about it just within the context of even our own lives. There is a, there is a level of discipline that occurs for us. So. Uh, discipline, you know, when we first of all think about discipline, uh, and particularly when we think about within our own homes, the intent or purpose, and you, you mentioned, uh, Alex, leadership, that the intent or the purpose of leadership, of being the head of the home, is that there's responsibility, and that, that responsibility mm-hmm. is that we are guiding and directing, leading mm-hmm. ours, those who are under us, uh, in, a, in a way that is, in, in, the, in, in the case of our homes, in a way that's honoring to uh, the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And so what do we do? When they're not... We discipline them. And the intent of discipline is not simply punitive. It's really intent to disciple, which is what we're about. Yeah. To make disciples, yeah, and so this this really has that intent is is this idea of you know dis, it's um, uh, when we think of discipline it's uh, it's really getting us to where we we want want to be. Um, uh, but were you guys athletes in high school? I was not. Yeah. Uh, what about music though? Were you in music? In yeah, anywhere? yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so so there is this you know in either athletics or in music there is this um, 
Uh, we, we have a vision of what we would like to become. Mm-hmm. Maybe we have a vision of, in, in my case, I, I ran track and cross country. I had a vision of how fast I want, wanted to run. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, or maybe in music, you have a vision of, of maybe what kind of musician you mm-hmm. want to be, with, maybe particularly with an instrument or uh, with, with singing, you know, how you sound. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, what's required to get to that, to really reach that vision? What's required? I mean, if we really look at it, it's dedication, right? Uh-huh. To what? Discipline. Dedication right. to what? Yeah, discipline. Yeah, dedication <laughs> to what? You know, I mean, what do you, what do you, what do you have to, to do? To the team or whatever, um, whatever it takes to get to that level. Yeah. Okay. Dedication yeah. to practice, dedication to yeah. learning, dedication yeah. to, yeah, being teachable, I think, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that... So when we're talking about church discipline, really this is, and even when we just talk about discipline of our own lives, God is constantly disciplining us as, as individuals through the word of God. He's convicting of us of his word, you know, causes us to repent and to turn away from what is, is moving us in the wrong direction. And the reason God is doing that is that while we may have a vision for our lives, he has a greater vision for mm. our lives. And so yeah. this is all about God wanting us to really, in a sense, if you might put it this way, kind of put it in the context of the athletics or, or, or uh, academics or music or whatever, um, is God wants us to live up to our potential. Yeah. You know? And That's how good. does that happen? It happens by discipline. Yeah. So in the same way with, with regards to the church, the, that as we are thinking about church discipline, we're thinking about it in the context of really God's people, really living out what God has called them to be, mm-hmm. really living up to the potential of what it means to be a member of the body of Christ or uh, a part of his family. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so he's given us these key, keys, uh, the word of God, and he has given us uh, church discipline. And uh, uh, it goes on, says, by virtue there whereof they have power respectively to retain and remit sins. So he's speaking about the, uh, about the elders primarily here, that they have the power respectively to retain and remit sins, meaning uh, that, again, using the word of God, uh, they are... Um, a, they are looking in terms of you know leading God's people that mm. they see what is sin and what is not sin, and when someone is living in a, a state of sin, then that's that's when there's a place of we say okay wait a minute you know there is a there's sin here that we mm. need to we need to deal with. Yeah. At the same time, he says they says here the remit sins, which means that when they confess or confess and and, and repent of that, there is a, a remission of sins, if you will. But he goes on and says, uh, respectively, to retain and remit sins, to shut that kingdom against the impenitent, both by the word and censures, or discipline, again. And so the idea here is, is that those who are not yet convicted by the Holy Spirit, uh, they are, the, the, uh, the elders, use the word of God first to bring it to bear upon Mm -hmm. the life of an individual Mm -hmm. to help them come to a place of conviction. And, you know, that's how God, that's how God works in our life. He he takes his word Mm -hmm. and by the power of the Holy Spirit, he then brings conviction. And by conviction, we hope that they'll bring, uh, they'll be repentance. Mm -hmm. But until then, within the second thing he has there is censures, which is that second part of the key, the the keys there to discipline. Uh, Discipline then is used to, uh, again, to hopefully bring to to bring repentance. And we're going to see in a minute here in the next article, I think, um, just some of the purposes of this. It goes on, and they have to open it unto penitent sinners. Uh, That is the kingdom. So when they become a place where they, yes, recognize that they have been living in sin, they repent of that, 
the kingdom, in a sense, is open to them. And when he says that the kingdom there, to shut the kingdom or open the kingdom, it's referring to the blessings of the kingdom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. It's referring to the blessings of being part of the family of God. It's referring to the blessings of being part of corporate worship and gathering, gathering together. By the ministry of the gospel and by absolution from censors, as occasions shall require. So um, what they are, some of the means is the ministry of the gospel. So that's part of the means of discipleship, part of the means of church discipline, part of the means of bringing people who are walking maybe outside of the, or walking outside of God's word. Uh, We bring the gospel to them, we remind them of the cross again, and by absolution from censures, so there's a few things that they they, uh, uh, get moved away from, as the occasion shall require. So depending upon how how they're responding these things are being used. Okay. It just sounds like a weighty, weighty task for, for eldership, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Because when you go to James, it talks about now all should be teachers and leaders, you know, because it's such right. a heavy weight. Before a lot of people, they think of, you know, like the keys, right? They're thinking that God's going to give you the keys to, you know, uh, a big house and a, <laughs> and a Mercedes Benz and all these different things. Right. Like, no, it's the word and then it's uh, church discipline, you right. know? And uh, right. I think that's just good to ha- the way you explain that. And it's that it's down. interesting how he uses the words keys because yeah. you think about it, um, in terms of a job, or you know, you, you get a new job, you get a, you get the job you've always wanted, and they, and and it's exciting, you know, kind of looking from the outside in, thinking, oh, I want to work at that place. You finally get that job, and they hand you some keys. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you're important, Rob. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Not only important, but you're responsible. Yeah. Now you're responsible yeah. to actually use those keys in such a way that will produce, you know, whatever it is. In the case of what I was just describing, there's an illustration yeah. of a business. You, you're you, you now are responsible to actually you know work it out perform it correctly and so i would agree with you this is this was a weighty task um not taken to be taken lightly and uh, one that um takes much prayer and uh, much work in the word of god and yeah we're fallible well we're gonna see we'll just move on let's go into that article we'll we'll learn some more things here you bet article three church censures are necessary for the reclaiming and gaining of offending brethren for deterring of others from the like offenses, for purging out that leaven which might infect the whole lump, for vindicating the honor of Christ and the holy profession of the gospel, and for preventing the wrath of God which might justly fall upon the church, if they should suffer his covenant and the seals thereof to be profaned by notorious and abstinent, obstinate offenders. Okay, well, a, a long a long paragraph, but actually broken down nicely for us to be to be able to kind of consider the purposes of church discipline. So he says their church censors are necessary for the reclaiming and gaining of offending brethren. So right there, we see really the end goal, the the, the hopeful goal. We might call it the gospel imagination, if you will, of what we want to see have happen, the, the hope that the resurrection gives us that we can reclaim and gain offending brothers. So the, obviously the offending brother is the individual who is walking out of step, walking out of step of the Holy Spirit, walking out of step of the Word of God, not living the life that God has intended for them and the receiving of the blessings. What do we want, what do we want for them in, the, in our discipline? We want them to be reclaimed. We yeah. want them to be gained. Yeah. You know, gained back, and so that's uh, that's good news. I suppose there's probably not scripture on that one exactly directly to that one, is there? Not directly. Yeah, not directly. Well, we'll, we'll do some scripture at the very end here. Uh, the second thing is says for deterring of others from the like offenses. So as church discipline is being used. 
it is to deter others from similar offenses. How would that happen? How would that happen? You see it. You see somebody else doing it, and nobody nobody does anything about it. Okay. Church so leadership doesn't say, this is bad, and you say, oh, well. I mean, if they can do it, there's no consequences. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So much like our children, right? Yeah. yeah. One child sees another child being disciplined for something they do. They think twice before they, yeah. <laughs> they yeah. go off and do the same thing. However, as you just pointed out, if you don't discipline them, they're going to run right down that same road. So yeah. same idea. Mm. Second, uh, third one, for purging out of that leaven, which might infect the whole lump. And of mm. course, this is an illustration that Jesus used several times, and particularly with the, the Pharisees, that... You know, it's, it's just a small, you know, and, and I'm not a baker, so I don't really know how much leaven really require, is required to, mm. you know, raise bread, but my understanding is, <laughs> right. and I think I've seen it at a distance done in my mom's kitchen, but I, my understanding is it only takes a little bit of leaven yeah. to make a big difference within regards to that, um, that bread. And so mm-hmm. in the same way, uh, a little sin permitted yeah. goes a long way in the, mm. in, in the, you know, the long term. So. Yeah. It really is important that as we are, um, as we think about church discipline, church discipline doesn't begin with, in one sense, what some people might be thinking of, of the formal disciplinary practice, you know, of a procedure that you go, that we would we would go to Matthew 18 in one sense. But really church discipline begins with just simply bringing the word of God to individuals' lives. Yeah. Yeah. So think about the times when, like, when we're an MC, or think about the times when we're in our fight clubs, and something comes up, and we recognize maybe a brother or sister is is not walking in a way that God would have them. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit brings a word uh, from you know something from the Word of God that we can we can share with them, and they say, "Oh, wow, you know, I I, sh- I, I see what you mean. That's sin. Please forgive me." Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the begin. That's when we want to get it. That's when yeah. we want to get it because yeah. it only gets you know it only grows if we don't catch it early, catch it early on. Um, and I think sometimes it's like as as small as gossip. I think we we have talked about it over and over again. Yeah. Um, for a lot of you know pastors, maybe don't think it's a big deal, um, but it, it also could you know kill the person's soul. But then also just yeah. start to rip away your entire. Um, congregation of the church, yeah. and uh, with that being addressed, that lets everyone else know, like, even the small sin, like, we take very seriously, right, yeah. right. And, and we care to make sure, like, not only do they, you know, disrupt the whole entire church, but also um, for their own souls, even if they're not aware of it. Right, that's right. So. Yeah, and it's it's interesting, that, and I can't remember the author now, but it was, it's been about 10 years ago, probably, but uh, there was a, a book called the, Ex- the Acceptable Sins, and it was getting at those very things that, that within our culture, there are certain things that we'd, ah, oh, no big deal, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're small, they're sins that we, and one of them, yeah. I believe, was gossip, or mm-hmm. something to do with that, where we, we kind of we permit it or we kind of overlook it. We, yeah, we, you know, we don't really mm-hmm. deal with it. And mm-hmm. that's the very point that he was making. It's those yeah. small things that can become really an issue here. Okay, it goes on and says, uh, for vindicating the honor of Christ. And so we know that he being the head of the church, uh, it, it is his name ultimately that is at stake here. And so uh, the, the, we don't want sin to be you know, in our body of Christ and for it to become known uh, in such a way that it has not been dealt with. It does it, that dishonors Jesus Christ, and so we want to vindicate the honor of Christ. The next one is, and the holy profession of the gospel. So very much closely tied into the vindicating the honor of Christ. Christ came 
with the gospel. He he is the gospel. He lived out the gospel. Yeah. Um, he came to you know uh, to to bring the gospel, the good news, and not only are we saved from uh, the penalty of sin, but from the power of sin over our lives, and mm-hmm. ultimately from the presence of sin. And so, for us to take sin lightly and let it go is to it's to you know have a stain on the holy profi- profession mm-hmm. of the gospel. Uh, goes on for preventing for preventing the wrath of God. Um, here again, here's a subject matter that uh, we don't like to think about too much, but is actually really good for us to be considering because it's it uh, uh, moves us away from sin, and that is God's wrath. That God is truly angry. Um, and as I, I preached on this last Sunday, it's interesting that the wrath of God is not something that's intrinsic in Him. It's something that is a function of who He is, and so yeah. it's not if if there is no sin, there is no wrath, but. Where there's sin, there is wrath. And so if we're not dealing with sin because of the holiness of God and the justice of God, his wrath is is there. It's present and it's ready to come down. And so yeah. we want to prevent that wrath of God, which might might justly fall upon the church. And that's where he's getting back to the wrath of God justly. And again, this goes back to the fact that God is holy and thus he is just yeah. and he and all sin must be dealt with. And so... He uh, to prevent that wrath, uh, we need to deal with sin. So it doesn't so because it will justly fall upon the church if we don't deal with it. Moves on and says, if they should suffer his covenant. So here's another reason you can use instead of the word suffer, you can use the word damage. So if they would damage his covenant, mm-hmm. and so there's this sense of uh, uh, all the blessings of the covenant, uh, you you lose those blessings when you yeah. are walking in sin. And then he goes on and the seals thereof. And what this is a reference to is the seals is that thing which kind of causes us to, it's that sense of guarantee, you know, the, the mm-hmm. guarantee that God has has said he would do what he, he said he would do. And so we get that in baptism, we get that in uh, the Lord's Supper where we're reminded over and again, over and over again, that God said he would cleanse us from our sins, that, yeah. that Christ did die for our sins, shed his bloody, uh, blood for our sins. But when we, when we live in sin, that sense of um, uh, of uh, you know knowing that that confidence that we have begins to erode mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we're not experiencing the joy of what it means to be in Christ. We're experiencing actually again the, the wrath of God. Um, sin that's present is going to just be destructive to yeah, our yeah. confidence. Yeah. And I think if you look at that too, there's like so many people that um, continue in that sin when you know they walk out of the doors of the church or, mm-hmm. or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And a lot of uh, people that are around them only see the Christ in them. Mm-hmm. And if they only see that this person is sinful and, and hateful and gossiping, like they don't want anything to do with, the, with yeah. this Christ or God or the church that you're a part of because you're living out mm-hmm. of that sin. Yeah, you know? so that goes back to that whole idea of profaning the name of Christ yeah. and really what they say there... Uh, yeah, the profaning the or vind, uh, yeah, uh, we need to vindicate the honor of Christ. It's profaning the holy profession of the gospel. Yeah. And so you're right. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we've been if we've been claiming Christ and we're claiming the gospel, good news of the gospel, and then we're living in some kind of sin that people are you know experiencing it. Yeah. What, you know, that doesn't sound like a good news. You know, right, right, <laughs> right, for sure. Yeah. And last thing he last thing they have here is um, uh, to be profaned by notorious and obstinate offenders. And so again, he's talking about the notorious and obstinate offenders. These are individuals who just will not repent of their sins. That mm-hmm. is a great, I think, right. What you were saying there, mm-hmm. it is a profaning 
uh, everything that we're standing for, everything that Christ, who Christ is and what he has yeah. uh, come here for. Yeah. Let's get a few few scriptures, whatever ones that you guys... we uh, got a 1 Timothy 5, 20. As though who persist in sin, rebuke them in the presence of all, so that they rest may stand in fear, for the rest may stand in fear. Yeah, yeah. and then um, I won't read the whole chapter here, but he references, or they mm. reference First um, Corinthians chapter 5. Yeah. And so that starts off talking about sexual immorality, defiling the church. And then it's actually in verse 6 where Paul writes, Your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump, as you really are unleavened. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Let us therefore celebrate the festival not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it gets really at the idea of sincerity of truth mm-hmm. that sin just destroys that. So yep. he's calling them to, you know, get rid of that leaven, mm-hmm. uh, that that evil. Um, yep. Yeah, good. All right, let's go to the. Looks like the last article. Yep, Article Four. For the better attaining of these ends, the officers of the church are to proceed by admonition, suspension from the sacraments, sacrament of the Lord's Supper for a season, and by excommunication from the church according to the nature of the crime and demerit of the person. Okay, this is just giving some instruction of kind of how it, uh, how it progresses, if you will. Mm. So he says, for the better attaining of these ends, the officers, again, elders, deacons, the officers of the church are to proceed by admonition. So there's your, there's your really, in one sense, your, your, your beginning, mm. your beginning stages where um, you're taking the word of God, you're, you're, there's some known sin, you bring the word of God to a particular member, and you bring it and, and pray that just by bringing the word of God uh, that they will be convicted of it and that mm-hmm. they will repent repent of it. Um, and as I as I think about this in terms of just you know timing, it, this is not to be rushed into in any in any way. It's 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 a working through, knowing that we all have our stories uh, and broken mm-hmm. stories, knowing that there is. Uh, you know, really listening well and trying to hear out what is going on in individuals' lives that they would be choosing maybe a particular sin or particularly, you know, landing in a particular sin to kind of learn those stories. So that I, I know as elders, there's uh, you, you come into it thinking, okay, here's the sin, but what's the sin behind the sin? I think yeah. Pastor Justin has said that a, a number of times. And so you discover that there's things that are probably even more deeper mm-hmm. that's going on in this individual's lives that really the Word of God needs to be brought to them, yeah. the gospel needs to be brought to them, and for them to really get at that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's the first one. So first step, uh, just admonition. The second one is suspension from the sacrament of the Lord's Supper for a season. Mm-hmm. Now the Lord's Supper is is the privilege of of the body. It's mm-hmm. the privilege of being a member of Jesus Christ. It's the place where we go, where we renew our covenant with God, being reminded again that He never broke His covenant the past week, but we did. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and and but but then being able to be reminded, but Christ died for that as well. Well, mm-hmm. Our breaking of our covenant uh, um, in the past week, so we renew that. The, we renew our covenant vows, if you will. And when we do so, again, it's a sign and a seal. That seal is a reminder that yes, once again, uh, Christ did f- forgive me of my mm-hmm. sins. He did die for my sins. He is he's my satisfaction. Yep. And uh, so there is a sense of if there is not going to be, if you're not going to be a repentant sinner, then. Uh, you can't you can't go through the motions, mm-hmm. you know. The so, Lord's Supper isn't going to do anything. Yeah. So, what do we say to the people that are like, "Well, 
who are you to say, like, we're all sinners. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're right. all sinners. Like, who are you to say I can't take the Lord's Supper? You know, what do, what do we say to those types Yeah, of yeah, and I think, I think you're absolutely right. We're all sinners. So which, which sins are we going to, which sins are we going to be doing here, right? Kind of a feel <laughs> right, to it. Right. Yeah, it takes some wisdom, but I think, you know, it's, it's a case of, um, and I've heard it this way, you look at the Ten Commandments as a good example of a great place to go to where if there is an individual who is, because I would agree, I think, you know, Probably if I really reflected and thought about it in terms of um, my past week, particularly as Jesus really gets to the heart issue, I probably have broken all 10 commandments in some place this past week. So yeah, we're all sinners. Mm. However... it's one thing to be saying that as a recognition of it and, and saying, well, I hate this. I don't want to be part of this. And it's another thing for someone to say, you know, um, I have this, I have this one sin I love and I don't want to get rid of it. I don't, I, I, you know, I, I, it's, it's feeding me in some way that, that I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get rid of it. Mm. And it's that, it's that kind of an individual. It's that kind of a, a person whom and whom we're saying, you know, if, if you're holding on to sin, but then thinking that somehow if you go, you know, you come to service on a Sunday morning, or if you go through, the, you know, come to the gathering and then you go through the Lord's Supper, that that's going to kind of cover that sin that you are willingly holding on. Yeah. Then that's we, we can't let you have that mm. false sense of security, that yeah. false sense of blessing. Mm-hmm. There is no blessing for us when we have known sin that we are not repenting of. And so that's really whom we're referring to. Yeah. Um, yeah. So again, you know, don't, we don't take this lightly that we, we recognize the, the value of, uh, you know, the importance of our gathering and importance of the Lord's Supper. But, yeah. but when it comes to a place where there's just no repentance, then that's, that's the next step. Then yeah. the next one is, um, and by excommunication from the church. And of course, this is the one that um, we come to the end, and there is this. There's no repentance. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 Matthew 18 brings us to a place where it says that we have to let this be known to the rest of the congregation that this individual is living in sin, um, and that they are now to be treated as those who are not part of the body, mm-hmm. uh, no longer enjoying what it means, all the privileges of of being part of the family. Yeah. That they need to be stepping outside. They need to feel what it's like to not be a, a part of a family, mm-hmm. the family of God. Not to say that they're not part of the family of God, I want to be clear there, but rather that they're experiencing, while they still live in their sin, they're experiencing in a, a, a place that's just like anybody else that doesn't have the body of Christ, doesn't mm-hmm. have the family of God. And so excommunication. And then it says, according to the nature of the crime and demerits of the person. And what this is really referring to is, is it's again, it was kind of the question that you were asking there, Alex, and that is, well, which crime, you know, they're calling it crime here is another word for sin. Which sin, which sin are we going to be disciplining and not disciplining, you know? Um, I think what they're saying is that, yeah, we've, we've got to be looking at this is serious sin that's being held onto, that is that there is obvious um, practice of it mm-hmm. and... Yep. And an unwillingness, you know, this, this idea of the, the demerit of the person, this unwillingness to want to repent of this. Mm, That's yeah. what we're really referring to. So yeah. in the end, in the end, you know, what does God want? He, he wants... He wants what's best for us. He and 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 that's what we want for our own children. When we discipline them. We want them to not go down that 
that mm. uh, pathway yeah. Yeah. of destruction. Um, we don't want them to go down that pathway that will not bring blessing, and that's exactly what God wants for every person who becomes part of his body, every member, mm-hmm. that they uh, walk in a way that brings blessing mm-hmm. and not uh, curses upon their life. And yeah. so mm-hmm. church discipline is good, and it's good yeah. for us. And I think, too, as like a lot of you know people, you know, um, trusting God that, you know, also trust that God has put the eldership and the people in your life and your community to like help hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. And sometimes even when you can't, you know, see it and you can't see the hope and the light in the beginning of the storm, in the middle of the storm and at the end of the storm that mm-hmm. like God has put these people in your life to, to help hold you accountable and yeah. love you with that truth yeah. and with that love at the same time. Yeah, so. that's really, really, that's really good. It's very good. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, as I think about it in terms of, um, of as an elder, um, I, I, the people, the members can can rest in the fact that w- we will be held accountable. Yeah. There's a there is a higher level of accountability for those who are elders before God, and that we will be held accountable for what we have done. And so, you know, submitting to the elders, and particularly in the case of church discipline, uh, you know, coming to that place of you know, recognizing, hey, they see something maybe I don't see in my life or um, I, I'm struggling to, to overcome. They want to help me mm. to a place where um, I turn away from what, that which is ultimately going to be, um, you know, destructive. And, um, and they can trust God, that God yeah. will deal with the elders if the elders kind of fumble in this. And I'll tell you what, we fumble so often, you know, uh, in, in applying God's word and, and doing it faithfully. Uh, but, but we also know that God is gracious and, and he'll, will hold us accountable, which is a serious thing. But um, uh, yeah, so you can, you can, you can trust, um, you can trust God's word there that he will hold us accountable as elders. So yeah. You want to close this out? You bet. Okay. All right. That's all we have for now, guys. If you have any questions, if you feel like anything was missed or wasn't covered, you're more than welcome to uh, email Pastor Rob, rob at sacredcitychurch.com. Guys, we hope this has been helpful. We love you. We're praying for you. God bless. Thank you.